It's your boy Rabino. And this DJ Erm in the building. And you listen to the Up and Up podcast. Yeah. Wait, what are we doing? I don't know. Just listen. Yes, 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 yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. What a do, what a do. Ladies and gentlemen, you're tuning to the Up and Up podcast on the Up and Up Network. I'm your host, Rabino. And I'm DJ Erm, man. What's up, man? How you doing, boss? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm feeling good, bro. I'm feeling good. Feeling very settled right now. Very blessed, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I told you these candles would help with that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a thing now. Yeah, man. Yeah. Trying to set the vibe. How, you good, though? You feeling good? I'm good, man. Feeling great? Yep. All right, cool, <laughs> cool. Um, if this is your first time tuning in, as I stated, this is the Up and Up podcast. This is the podcast where we're focused on cultivating culture, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we do that by providing amazing stories of individuals, groups, movements, right? Hustlers, shakers, pioneers, mm-hmm. right? Lane carvers. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of metaphors. I can keep oh, going. Yeah, Let me yeah. know. Yeah, I'll no. stop. Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> you get the point. But if this is your first time tuning in, thank you and welcome to the family. Obviously, as I mentioned, the family, we got to shout them out, right? Mm-hmm. The supporters, the encouragers, um, the viewers, the listeners, anybody who's been supporting the Up and Up podcast and the Up and Up platform as a whole. Salute to you. We appreciate you. We love you. Mm-hmm. And we thank you, right? Of course. Right? Of course. All right, man. I'm excited, man. Um, We've, we've been waiting for this episode for a while. Yep. Right? A mm-hmm. while is like two weeks, right? <laughs> <laughs> nah, but much longer than that. Um, and if you're a first-time listener, we pride ourselves on making sure we could bring um, a very compelling story, right? Something mm-hmm. that's going to inspire us, uplift us, and motivate us. And um, today's guest, I would say, is a man who's, whose life's been dedicated to, to service and working hard for his community um, and the people who make it possible for him to pioneer the way. Um, he's definitely a true culture cultivator. He's keeping everything he's doing on the up and up, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously. Um, for those who do not know, he's a hometown hero from Seattle for Seattle, um, as well as the entire state of Washington. Um, a little bit about him. In 2018, he was elected to the Washington State Senate for the 34th District, which actually made him one of the first, or we could say the first ever Vietnamese American to serve in the position yes, for the sir. state of Washington, which is very very um a very big deal right in terms of representation and in 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 that space in that realm um and currently well i mean the guy doesn't stop man he's a he's a hustler right (laughs) so the inspiring work definitely did not stop there as right now he's stepping up to run for king county executive office in this year's election um with really a committed promise to reshape and provide a vision for what the county can become um, based on what it currently has and, wh- and how it's currently existing and the people that exist within it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm super excited. We're all super excited in this room. So let's just get straight to it, man. Our guest is none other than the angel of change himself, Joe Wynn. Can we get a round of applause? Yeah. Give it up. Give it Thank up. you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you inviting um, yeah. me on oh, the yeah. show. Yeah, man. Thank you for Welcome, man. For Thank sure. you. It's a pleasure to have you, boss. Yeah. Definitely. Um, how, how are you doing today? I'm good. I was just saying earlier, I was on a, on a retreat with the, the Washington State Senate kind of planning out things for the next year as well. Because, like, it doesn't matter where you are. You also have to have a plan uh, to move forward because without that vision, kind of like what you're saying, mm-hmm. you're never going to have action. So mm-hmm. it's been a good past couple of days talking to folks in the legislature, seeing what's going on. But I feel mm-hmm. good to be here. Yeah, man. Um, you're definitely a busy guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah we, <laughs> to say the least, yeah, right? Yeah, no, we, we keep it pretty active. In my, in my office, I, I didn't know that. Th- so first off, I'm used to working – 
like multiple jobs since I was a kid, including being a janitor and washing dishes. So when I got to the legislature, I'd do like 30, 40 meetings a day. Mm. I thought that was normal, 30, 40 meetings. I talked to other members. I'm like, I do like four or five. I'm like, what? <laughs> I thought you're supposed to work hard. Once you get 40 to places meetings like, a day, that's crazy. Dude, we do 15-minute increments and then a few hours throughout the day. And then I have people send in their information in advance. So the night before, I read through the materials. They get here, and then we talk about their policy issues, and then we figure out what that solution is. Mm. So we try to reshape uh, what it looks like to be engaged. And, and then you guys actually came down one time yeah. to take a look. Yeah, yeah, we actually did come out there. Me, uh, Benjamin, and, and Areev, we came out there. It, it, you got, the work is the work is evident, man. It's hard for me to answer text messages sometimes, man. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm I don't think I'm suited for that. But anyway, uh, it's good to have you, man. And um, a little bit about our show. We usually start, or we actually every episode we start every show with the quote of the day, um, and something to get the vibe right, get the conversation started. Brother man, Erm is the man of the quotes. What you got for yes, us, sir? Today, All right. The quote of the day today is: "You must be bold, brave, and courageous, and find a way." To get in the way. Mm. Mm-hmm. I like that mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who was that quote by? John Lewis. Mm. Yeah. Solid. Yep. Solid, man. Late great. You want me to run it back? Yeah, man. Come on, run it back. I think that may have went over some people's heads. You okay. <laughs> so the quote is, you must be bold, brave, and courageous and find a way to get in the way. Mm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's big, man. I, I think that quote definitely steers into to kind of your story and your yeah. journey. Um, and what we do here is we love to get into people's journeys and, and, and how they came about. Um, but before we get into your journey, as I was touching in the intro, obviously you're currently running for King County Executive Office. That's right. Um, and I'm, I'm curious for those listening and watching, um, like what would you say is the inspiration and kind of the urgency for you to step up and say, hey, I want to put my hat in the race? And, and um, where did that kind of stem from for you? Yeah, I mean, it's similar to when I ran for state senate, right? When you're from the community that has oftentimes been ignored, you see what happens when politicians don't pay attention to the issues that matter most in your life. Mm. And King County, for those who don't know, is the 12th largest county in the United States, bigger than 14 different states. So a lot of the major issues that we're facing actually happen at the local level, specifically at the county. And when you have somebody who is kind of detached from the the day-to-day, who Mm -hmm. is, you know in it for whatever other reasons, yeah. uh, you see a lack of investments in communities that I care about. So, you know, talk about climate change, talk about affordability, talk about homelessness, talk about youth jails, talk about whatever. All that stuff happens at the county. And for me, for us to have an equitable King County that is inclusive, that everybody has the opportunity for, to, to be successful, uh, it needs a leader with that vision, not mm. just somebody who is kind of maintaining the status quo. Mm. So during this pandemic, we saw a lot of the issues that we're facing exacerbated because of COVID-19. Yeah. And, you know, we don't have time to wait. Mm. People are actually dying on our streets. Uh, our earth is on fire. Mm. We don't have access to education. We don't have access to health care. We don't have access to the programs to support our communities and our future. And I'm not going to wait. And, yeah. like, you got to find yeah. ways to be bold and get in the way because mm-hmm. folks haven't done that for a long time. Yeah. So I got in the race because I felt that we deserved better as a community. Mm. I felt like a spot like King County with our values named after Martin Luther King Jr. deserved better. Yeah. And so far, I, I'm right. And so far, yeah. I believe that people believe that as well. But if we don't take that step, if we don't cause good trouble, like John Lewis said, mm-hmm. uh, it won't happen. Mm-hmm. So I think it takes all of us to be able to change the way things are being done. 
but it also takes that spark as well because it's tough. Like yeah. it is tough to run for office like this. It is yeah. tough to be in a space that wasn't built for you. Yeah. But it's also important to to get in the way to change yeah. how how things are done. Yeah, no, yeah. that's real, man. You got to put yourself in in uncomfortable positions because they're uncomfortable for a reason. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, and Definitely. like, look, as a as a young person of color that grew up in a very low income community. You know, oftentimes in politics, people will say, wait your turn, wait till your turn. Like, you know, it's not your time to be senator yet. But like what they don't realize is people like me or like us, it's never going to be our turn mm-hmm. unless we step up and do it ourselves. Yeah. And, you know, I've seen what happens when people like waited for their turns and just played the political game. People like us on the margins get ignored. Mm-hmm. And I'm not having that anymore. Yeah. No, that's real. Very. That's real. So, um, that's real. I want to take it back for a minute. Uh, just talk about your early life, yeah. early interests, yeah. um, your uprising. So yeah, so I was born and raised in South King County. My family they were refugees from Vietnam, so they mm-hmm. came, you know, after the war. Um, so born in White Center and then raised in Burien. I live in West Seattle now. But when my uh, father, when I was seven years old, got into a car accident, it really kind of changed the paradigm of my life. And mm-hmm. we were by no means doing like financially well. But after that, that was devastating. Yeah. So most of my life was basically helping take care of my father, uh, having a single mom, raising you know four kids uh, at that time, and really just trying to survive, right? Like I was a janitor in high school. I washed dishes when I was in college. You know, I was hustling, doing things to kind of make ends meet, and that mm-hmm. was kind of my existence. And what's interesting is that in the communities that we come from, especially those that are fleeing like a regime like Vietnam was at that time, it was actually kind of frowned upon to get involved in the community. My mom didn't want me to do that stuff because she wanted me to focus on school, get mm-hmm. ahead. So most of my life was really just trying to like keep my head down, do well, went to school, worked in tech, you know, all that stuff. Um, and what was really telling for me was when I ran for student body president in, uh, in, in high school and then in college, um, my mom said, hey, don't, don't run because, mm-hmm. you know, that's, you're going to put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. It's going to suck. Like, you know, you just focus on your school. And what's interesting is that oftentimes in our lives, we're told that we don't belong in certain spaces. People mm-hmm. like us didn't belong in certain spaces. Yeah. And yeah. the sad part is that if you don't have somebody telling you that you do belong, mm-hmm. you might actually believe the haters. You might actually believe the doubters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So true. for me, you know, luckily I was a middle child, so I was rebellious. I did it anyway. Hey, shout out to yeah. middle children so, out there. Right? <laughs> shout out, yeah. so that's me too. So, so, so what's interesting I, is that I after identify. being told that you can't do something by not just, you know, people that may hate on you, but also your, your relatives, I did it anyway. And then what I found was that when I got to that position, I did very well. Mm-hmm. I, when I got to student body president at Santa University, I won and I did very well. Mm. When I got into politics, I won and I, and I did very well. Yeah. So there was a pattern where people were oftentimes neglected and excluded from the process. But when people that were closest to the pain then got close to the power yeah it transformed entire systems yeah so that was just the awakening for me was that we've been gaslit for too long yeah. we've been told these lies for too long yeah um and that's how i got involved in the first place honestly it was because i was working on issues around affordability around homelessness uh, there was a young man named tommy lay who was shot in Burien by law enforcement mm-hmm. and i was pissed off because people in our communities were dying and I wanted somebody to help us. Yeah. I'd go meet with legislators. I'd go meet with officials, try to figure it out. And time after time, again, I just found apathy. Yeah. I just found folks who were like, yeah, you know, whatever. I don't care. It's like mm-hmm. not my community. You don't donate to campaigns because you're not rich. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Your, your, your communities don't vote in big blocks. Yeah. So they just ignored us. Yeah. yeah. So at a certain point, I just got tired of trying to advocate for the issues that I knew were important. And I said, I'm just going to do it myself. Yeah. So I ran for state senate. 
a few years ago against 10 other people, 10 yeah, other people, was out fundraise, yeah. was told that we wouldn't get enough endorsements and that we, we wouldn't be able to win. Mm-hmm. Ended up winning that race by 17%. Seventeen percent. That's a landslide yeah. Yeah. in politics yeah, for around who, here. For those who know, yeah. that's a big deal. And that's a big yeah, deal real. against people that were picked to win. People mm-hmm. that had five times more money than I did had all mm-hmm. the endorsements. And the reason why I think we were successful is because I'm not here to play politics. I'm not here to play games. I'm yeah. here to get stuff done. And I think folks realize that pretty quick. Yeah. And even for this race, it's audacious for me to run for such an important seat. This seat and the governor's seat and like maybe a couple of other ones are the top tier seats in all of Washington mm-hmm. State. Wow. And the biggest thing that I've learned throughout this experience, having, you know, 60 plus debates, having done all these different things so far. Oh, yeah, I belong here just fine. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's I feel, wow. I feel like you were um, you were kind of you kind of built yourself. You know, I, I, I've been thinking about this, like sometimes we build ourselves for who we're going to become, you know. Yeah. Um, and we're built for a lot of things because we we take time to really just put ourselves in positions to grow. And I think going back into kind of your early life. Um, we talk about this a lot on the show where sometimes when you get to a certain age, you reflect and you look back yeah. and everything makes sense. Yeah. Right? At the time it did, it probably didn't make yeah. sense. So for you, um, like when you were stepping out, obviously middle child, middle child, you know, <laughs> being rebellious, you know, I, I can relate, <laughs> but did you, did you feel like you were comfortable being a leader at a young age? No, I don't know if I did or not. And, and honestly, it was kind of awkward. Um, I think I kind of gravitated towards it just because. In my cohort of friends, everybody was very kind of shy and quiet and very diligent. And mm-hmm. I was always good at school, but then I always knew where I can push the boundaries as well. Yeah. So in the sense of a leader, it was more of just like, hey, we can do things different, y'all. We can do things different. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of where it came from. But also, I think having a little bit of a chip on my shoulder, too, yeah. was part of it. That and helps. And I think, you know there's a fine line between cocky and confident Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to politics oh yeah for sure and like you know i stumble here and there but like oftentimes you know when somebody tells me i can't do something i don't know how you guys are it makes me want to do it oh yeah yeah. right like i don't just want to do it i want to crush it i don't even hear i don't even hear that that's just noise yeah that's just (laughs) noise white noise yeah Yeah. for sure so you do that you hear people tell you you can't do something and then you do it and you crush it like oh that's weird Mm -hmm. you hear it again do it and crush it that's weird so at a certain point you're like Nah. Yeah. It's you, not me. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, 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 that's true. It's contagious for sure. Yeah. It's definitely contagious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, you talked about being student body president in uh, college yeah. at Seattle U. What was that transition like? Like when you first got there? Like, yeah. What were your thoughts, your feelings, everything like that? Well, it's also it was also kind of funny because it's similar to my Senate race where. I, I literally have no background in politics. Mm-hmm. I didn't study political science. I didn't intern for anybody. I didn't staff anybody. I was just involved in the community. And that's why folks were like, he came out of nowhere. Santa University was the same. So I was heavily involved in community groups. I was heavily involved in different organizations, but I did not do a thing with student government. But it was more of just like, hey, why don't we have like subsidized transit for our students? Why can't we get better food? Mm-hmm. Why can't we have more funding for these programs? Yeah. And then it was just like, oh, student about it president or the, the student government needs to yeah. do it yeah. so i ran in my junior year which is unheard of in the history of Seattle university at that time at least i don't know if they've done it ever since there's only been two students who've ever had multiple terms because it's usually a senior and then they graduate mm, got it so okay. i'm one of only two in the hundred whatever 60 year history of the university to have two terms and i ran in my junior year and it was kind of similar there was a person that was supposed to be president she ran and i ran and they like didn't take me seriously mm-hmm. 
But they didn't realize that, like, when you win an election, it's not about, you know, what you've done. It's about what you will do mm-hmm. and yeah. who you're connected with. Yeah, it's chess, yeah. it's, chess not checkers. it's not checkers. It's right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. like, the way you win is to get more votes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we ran uh, in my junior year, and I won. And the transformation for me was almost night. It wasn't, like, it wasn't night and day, per se. It was still doing the same things that I was doing before, mm-hmm. but just having that title to actually move exactly. things forward. Yeah, right. Exactly. So it was like it was kind of interesting where it didn't change me very much because I was already doing that stuff. And yeah. I think that's a problem sometimes people have when they get to politics is that the title becomes them. Mm-hmm. They don't become the title. The title becomes them. Yeah. yeah. Right. And like yeah. they lose why they came there in the first place. Yeah. And kind of the same thing with the Senate and even with this. It's like, honestly, if the best thing for me to serve this county was to be a janitor, I will sign up. And that will start sweeping floors and yeah. we'll get stuff done. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that's why we've been able to be successful is because there's a lot of noise that you get caught up in, in yeah. politics. Yeah. And it's easy to get caught up in that stuff. And it's easy to kind of get your feelings hurt. It's easy to kind of have, you know, um, vitriol towards some of the things that happen. But like for me, there's too much good stuff in this yeah. world to waste your time yeah. and energy on those negative things. Bigger, mm-hmm. You got to keep your mind on the bigger picture, too. Exactly. You know? And I think, so, I mean, sometimes the noise is necessary to test you, to see how focused you truly are yeah. to the greater goal. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad you touched on that. And, and getting into kind of transitioning out of college, right? You obviously have, have a professional career, um, you know, working for companies such as Expedia or Microsoft. Yeah. Uh, but while you were also working for those companies and, and doing a good job, um, you also poured time into the community. Yeah. Right? You were doing community work, whether it was with Wellsprings, Family Services, mm-hmm. or um, the Law Enforcement Oversight yeah. uh, Organization. And so, you know, there's a lot of people out here now who, who have, you know, really good jobs, yeah. but their heart's with the community as well. Yeah. And it's kind of hard for them to balance, like, yo, I have a nine-to-five, but I want to also commit my time. What was that like for you? How was it for you to balance that? It's it's difficult. And, like, especially when you live in Seattle, and it is crazy expensive, mm-hmm. right? So you got to do what you need to do in order to be financially stable yeah. and set yourself up and your family up as well. But that was kind of it was I did not feel fulfilled in the roles that I had. Not that I didn't like them. They were great. But at the same time, I remember how hard it was for me growing up. And here's this random story where after my dad got into his car accident, he was quadriplegic. So my brother and I would have to carry him up and down the front steps of our house mm. in order to get him to doctor's appointments. Mm-hmm. And then one day, one of our neighbors came by and said, hey, why don't you guys have a ramp to just push him? Mm. Couldn't afford one, obviously. Mm. Yeah. So he came by the next weekend with his buddies and built one for us. Mm. Right. Wow. So that's the type yeah. of people that I had in my life growing up. And I mm. wanted to be that person for everybody else. So I've mm. always kind of had a mindset of how do you serve others? Um, and the balance is, is not easy. I mean, like, I'm, I'm going to be real. Yeah. But, like, I don't yeah. sleep as much as most people should. Yeah. Um, in my first few years of the legislature, I was probably sleeping three, maybe four hours a night. Mm. I'd have an app to track my sleep. I'd take, you know, you know Zip Fizz and caffeine to, ki- to get me going to do other things. Yeah. But it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know. I grew up, like, very close to the margins. Yeah. So you're used to kind of that trauma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's healthy. Yeah. But for me, having lived that growing up, yeah. being the way that we were, yeah. being able to have that experience was almost uh, a superpower in the yeah. legislature, which I would not recommend to anybody to yeah. do <laughs> Well, it, it's true because, you know, we, we growing up, um, you know, in marginalized communities, it's like you got to work twice as hard just to get half. Yep. Right. So knowing that, hearing that, seeing that, you know, seeing our parents work the way they did. Yeah. It's just kind of naturally instilled in us to just go harder so we don't make excuses you don't i mean because you can't yeah oftentimes it's life or death well that's that's one of the things that i've observed kind of in politics too is that like you have 
literally the most diverse legislature in the history of Washington State. The mm-hmm. most diverse. And mm-hmm. and that's seven people of color in the Senate. So yeah. not like it's a crazy thing, but yeah. that's the most diverse. Yeah. And we've transformed the entire system. It's because of those perspectives. Mm-hmm. Right. There are folks who are like, oh, this is important because I've seen what happens when you fail. So they show up and they work hard to get things done. And there's about 147 legislators in Washington State. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, not everybody works hard. Yeah. Like, and there's a clear perspective for me where, interestingly, the people that have you know adversity in their backgrounds, I have seen them kind of step it up a little bit because they understand the impacts of it. Mm. This is the first time we had somebody who's formerly incarcerated as a representative. Wow. And she's transforming the criminal justice system. Wow. wow. We have folks who were formerly homeless. We had a person who was homeless while running for office, and then she won. That's powerful. Adding more resources. My family relied on basic needs and TANF programs, and we got more funding to those things, right? So oftentimes the reason why we see some of the illnesses that we have in our communities is because we've neglected things for too long. Yeah. But now that you have folks who are impacted by that neglect now at the table, we're trying to fix all these things. It's going to yeah. take some time because there's decades and decades to unwind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, it's powerful. Yeah, no. Like, representation is powerful. Yeah, yeah. it's the right direction for sure. Yeah. You know, that's, man, that's that's very powerful, honestly. Yeah, I'm no. Like, well, and, like, the biggest thing for me, right, leadership is more, like, great leaders do more than just good things. It's not just passing bills or allocating money. Mm-hmm. They empower other leaders to be successful as well. Yeah. It's like a startup company. You can't mm-hmm. do everything on your own. You got to have people on the team. Yeah doing great work yeah, that's yeah. how you scale that's how you elevate yeah so the first thing i did after i won seek out other people to run for other offices Halai, mm-hmm. sam Cho, Brandon hersey cynthia Dillestrine, like all these yeah. folks yeah it's not enough just to be in that seat is what will you do with it when you get there that's mm-hmm. real and then for me it's using that power to give it back to other people mm-hmm Right, like that's the kind of power paradox. Is oftentimes people who get into power feel like they need to hoard it. Yeah, that's how you lose power because yeah. you're losing your influence. Yeah, for me, it's how do you give it away? Because this is an honor to serve, but it's an even greater honor to be able to help people's daily lives. Yeah, literally, I have seen investments that we've made. You know, my family went to the food bank growing up, so I made investments in food banks. Mm-hmm. My family relied on TANF, Temporary Assistance for Needy Families. Mm-hmm. Hundreds of thousands of families will be more stable because of the work we've done. Mm. And that's going to support the future generations as well. Yeah. And that's the type of tenacity and engagement that you should require from your elected officials. Yeah. Most folks are like, mm, I'm figuring out what my next step is. Yeah. So they do just enough. This is the sad reality yeah. of politics that we have right now. This is the sad reality. If you do the bare minimum, if you do the bare minimum, it'll take folks at least 10 years to notice that you actually are not very good at your job. Wow. You know what I mean? And yeah. like, you can Man. coast, yeah. you can just coast. Yeah. But if you're aggressive like me, if you're out there trying to get stuff done, yeah. it's scary. Yeah. Cause the system is scared when, especially young people of color coming yeah. in and saying, Hey, that's broken. It's a little disruptive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. going to disrupt. What else is he going to disrupt? The things <laughs> exactly. that I care about. Yeah. Right? Exactly. So like, hey, but they, they got to ask themselves, like, why is this so disruptive when he's doing his job mm-hmm. passionately and aggressively? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. That shouldn't be disruptive. It shouldn't be <laughs> disruptive. And in fact, yeah. they should cultivate it. But yeah. you know, I've seen the opposite in certain cases, especially when you have folks in this area, there's folks that I call faux aggressives. They're like fake progressives. Mm, I like that area. one. Was it, was it faux, faux aggressive? Faux aggressive. Faux aggressive. Okay. Like, they talk like a big, they talk a big game. We gotta help young people. We gotta help people of color. Yeah. We gotta like transform these systems. Yeah. And then when push comes to shove, it's like, oh no, we kind of like the status quo. Yeah. We kind of like the status quo. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of like publicity stunting going on, and and not just in politics, but it happens all over, you know. And I think sometimes, um, well, we 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 talked about this uh, a few days ago where it was. Um, 
like the transparency aspect of yeah. holding like political positions. So you mentioned Grimai. Grimai is yeah. someone I think um, is a perfect example of, mm-hmm. of being transparent in his day to day job, mm-hmm. right? Showing mm-hmm. people, hey, I'm not just tweeting this, but hey, here's a picture. I'm here. I'm pulling up here. I'm pulling. And yeah. sometimes it's it ain't even like nothing super monumental, but it's just showing you, hey, I'm doing the work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think social media has allowed that now, where it's like, hey, people have the ability to tap in and pay attention and see what's going on. And I think as you know, people who who are in those positions, um, they have the ability to to let people in. You know what I mean? Well, and it's a two way street too. The fact that it's so popular that those those uh, posts are so popular mm-hmm. shows that there's a need and a hunger to feel heard and to be seen. Yes. Because mm-hmm. yes. for a lot of folks, you haven't seen that, and he's the only black council member in in the state. Yeah. There's no other yeah. black council member in the mm-hmm. entire state. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and we've talked about this with him where. It's an interesting dynamic. Part of the reason why he does that as well is because when you're an elected official from a community that has historically been left out and there's not many of you there, my district is not just my boundary Mm -hmm. or the people that I serve. I get emails and calls from folks around the country, around the world, definitely around the state that are like Asians or people of color. And Mm -hmm. they're like, hey, you're the first person that we've seen that we actually can feel like Mm -hmm. we value and trust. Identify with. That you can identify with. So we, we like... Sometimes you got to be low key because it's not in your district, but like we help people regardless of where they are. Mm. And it's because, you know, when you're from a community that has been left out, like you don't have enough representation. So therefore yeah. you have to do more work. And that's why it's so important to elect other good leaders like him and other people's because there's a lot of work to be done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Representation is big. And, you know, half of the battle is letting people believe that it's possible for Correct. someone who looks like them to do the job Correct. and it's like a trust thing you know what I mean yeah. so if you if you go your whole life seeing someone who doesn't look like you you're like man it's hard for me to trust that this person understands me or, or what I'm going through Oh yeah. you know what I mean um, and another thing we kind of touched on before the show which is you mentioned this when you first got into the senate um, bringing your true authentic self into that space yeah. right like yeah like, how do I adapt but yeah. not change who I am? Can you talk a little bit about that in terms of what was that What was that like for you? Yeah, no, that was a – so I'm one of the younger members of the legislature. Mm-hmm. And when I first got there, I'm dressed kind of how I dress now, mm-hmm. jeans and, like, a sweater or whatever. Yeah. And for the first couple of months, folks thought that I was staff. They're like, oh, are you whatever's uh, assistant? And, like, they'd always ask if I was Senator Hasegawa's assistant. And I'm like – why'd you pick the only other Asian person mm. to be his assistant? I was like, I could be anybody's assistant. Yeah, Why'd you got to pick yeah, the Asian yeah, guy? Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I'm the senator, actually. So for a long time, I actually, in my head, was thinking about, should I change? Mm-hmm. Should I change the way that I act? Should I change the way that I look? Should I change the way that I behave simply to exist in this institution? Uh, and the answer was no. Mm. I think the important thing for me was to ensure that folks who don't see themselves in this process now see themselves in this process and there was an npr article that came out they followed me the first day of getting sworn in that was one of the key pieces where look i wore jordans on the first day (laughs) right like i wore like yoga pants from lululemon on the floor because we sit there for eight hours yeah right or like i use technology to help people access my office more Mm -hmm. right like uh we talked about my office earlier but one of the biggest things that i have uh, in mind is having a gracious space how do you ensure that this institution serves the people that you're supposed to serve? Mm-hmm. And for folks who've been down to Olympia, 
most of the times when you go down there, you feel inferior. It mm. is meant to make you feel little. Yeah. Right? Mm. Like the senators sit on a dais looking down on you. Yeah. Yeah. When you go into their office, it's a wood mahogany desk that's blocking you. Yeah. They have this big chair. It's so uncomfortable and like you don't know if you belong there. Yeah. My office? Yeah. <laughs> Looks like a tech startup, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we, we pulled up on there. Uh, you got the Xbox in there. For yeah. Us, yeah. yeah. There's an Xbox. There's a, a TV. We yeah. play, like, chill music. We got espresso. We yeah. got coffee. And what's interesting, too, is that there's the senator's office, which is a big office, and there's, like, the staff office, which is tiny. Mm-hmm. And for me, uh, there's more staff members than there are me. So I gave them the big office, and I took the small one. Yeah. And people were like, who are you? <laughs> like, you gave the big office away? And I'm like, dude. They got to work. I got to yeah, work. Yeah. I'm never here. I'm on the floor, right? Yeah. So you have to be intentional about how do you change the system. Mm. You can't just show up and perpetuate what's being done. Mm-hmm. You have to actively dismantle a broken system. Yeah. And that's what, you know, we're doing. And that's what we're being that block the bad. What was the quote again? Uh, must be bold, brave, and courageous and find a way to get in the way. Find a way to get in the way. Yeah. yeah. So we had to find a way to get in the way. And yeah. we've been successful, yeah. right? Like in my first year, I'm in a senior leadership role, help negotiate the budget. Um, I'm on committees that no first term member has ever been on. Mm-hmm. And it's because we show up and do the work. Yeah. And that and that's it. And yeah. like you should expect more from your leaders. You should be able to show up and do the work. That's baseline. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. the bare minimum. Like, yeah, <laughs> come on. Yeah. yeah. Just at least show yeah. up and do the job. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, well, speaking of quotes, I seen a quote, which I thought was really powerful when you said politics should be about people and not yeah. careers. Mm, and yeah. uh, it's like that quote like really hit home because I'm like, man, I think that's really just what everybody wants is yeah. for politics to really care about people. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, um, I don't know. I was just going to tell you to explain that a little bit, but I think you've been doing it the whole time. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, it's well, and like that's for real. Right. And like yeah. I, I do that kind of a little bit of a jab because a lot of the folks you know in politics make a career out of it and and honestly if that is their goal i actually don't mind as long as you keep centering the people that you're supposed to serve yeah Yeah. but so many folks um i'll talk to people who are thinking about running for office i'll talk to people who are thinking about running for another office and the first question i ask why do you want to run and why you and like nobody ever can answer mm. like I, I maybe you know if I've, I've probably asked that hundreds of times maybe like two or three folks actually had a legit answer mm-hmm. about why they wanted to do it mm. yeah and oftentimes you know the title is compelling having a seat is compelling but at the same time if you're not doing it for the right reasons there's no point mm-hmm. um so politics should be about people and not careers because our community needs us yeah. and yeah. for too long it's been ignored and yeah. when I talk about ignored, I mean, it's like South King County, mm-hmm. South Seattle. You're talking about areas where I grew up. We yeah. have underinvestments in health and education mm-hmm. in transit and mm-hmm. economic opportunities. Right. Like we should be working for those folks, yeah. you know, not just furthering our bottom lines. And that's kind of the dynamic that we have right now in the King County exact race. Yeah. He's openly said that he'd rather be governor of Washington State. Yeah. Totally get it. Do you, bro? Like, that's fine. Yeah. But you've not been showing up for our communities. Mm. Right, so you got to work or else you don't belong there. That seat should be earned every single day. It's not a granted that you get it. Mm. And that's a different paradigm that I have versus a lot of folks is that folks feel entitled, Mm. right? Like I was in this seat and in this seat and this seat and now I deserve to be here. No, no, no. Nobody deserves to be in a public office. Yeah, entitlement. Yeah, yeah. entitlement's a bad yeah. thing. It's you, crazy. You should man. earn it every single day. Yeah. No, I heard a quote. I heard I heard someone um, once say, "Entitlement's the thief of hard work." Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's real. That's very real. And that is very, very real. And that's why I think, 
and and for me too you look my father was 43 when he got into that car accident i'm 38 now so for me i think part of the reasons why i'm so aggressive in how i do things is mm-hmm. because i don't know how much time we have folks in our community sometimes mm-hmm. when we get a shot let alone mm-hmm. for this yeah. long yeah so we have to step up and do the work you got to make the most of, uh, of the present and i think um it's interesting because you know at the end of the day, nobody's perfect, right? Yeah. No politician's perfect. Yeah. But I think nowadays there's there's an ability to be transparent and show people, hey, at least I'm trying. Yeah. Right? And I think that's mm-hmm. important. What, what do you think about that? Oh, 100%. And I've talked to Pramila Jaipal about this where she'll be out on the campaign trail and somebody says, hey, I like these and these, but I don't like this stuff. And she's mm-hmm. like, well, are you married? Yeah, yeah. Do you agree with your spouse 100% of the times? Mm-hmm. No, of course not. Then why would you expect that from a politician? Mm. Like, you need to have the mm. same values. You need to know that they work for them. Yeah. We're never going to agree 100% of the times, yeah. but at the very least, you should know when you disagree and then, like, move forward. Yeah. Right? So yeah. that's what we should expect is that we're not going to agree all of the time, but will you show up? Will you work hard? Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, I mean, that's, and that's the thing. It's like now you can show people you're working hard. Yeah. And if, if you're not showing it, people are going to assume what's going on. Yeah. You know, and there, when there's no results being brought. So, um, I'm, I'm glad you touched on that. But I'm also curious about you got a lot going on, right, at once. You know what I mean? And so what what do you do outside of work to kind of, like, balance you out a little bit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I so know it's not folks, all work. Yeah, you're human, man. Come yeah, on, everybody. Yeah, you know? so for folks who don't know, I still work full-time at Microsoft yeah. because the legislature is part-time. So yeah. I work at Microsoft. I'm a state senator running for office, and I have three kids as well. Plus, I still serve on nonprofit boards and mm. different committee and commissions. Mm. So it stays pretty busy. Um, I probably am not spending enough time on self-care. I do a lot of cooking. Mm. That's one of the things okay. that calms mm. me down. Cooking okay. is kind of cathartic because there's a beginning, a middle, and an end. And it's all within like an hour or two. Yeah. Because yeah. oftentimes the policies that we work on or even like the, the programs I'm trying to build, you know, it takes like months and months and months to see a result. But for mm-hmm. cooking, it's like I got this piece of meat. I smoked it for a couple of hours and then we ate it and it was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Or like, or it wasn't, I got to do better. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So yeah, yeah, yeah. cooking nah. is one of those things, but playing with my kids and my family is yeah. probably the biggest thing. Family um, time. Family time. Like my, I have a two year old, a four year old and a six year old mm. and they're just firecrackers. Like they're two, just four, six. two, four, <laughs> six. Right. Like you planned it. Yeah. Um, and they're amazing kids. So teaching them how to ride a bike, like I, you know, I'm, I try to be the fun dad, so yeah. we go and, like, go to the store, get some toys. And yeah. for me, it's a lot of it is because I didn't really have that experience growing up. Mm. So I want to be able to give them everything. Like, yeah. they go to soccer games, they do jujitsu, like, just watching them yeah. grow as people. Yeah. That's one of the most rewarding things. But, you know, for fun, if I had time, it was photography, it was food, it was travel. Okay. But not as much anymore. Okay. No, I mean, yeah. no, it's, you know, it's important to, like, you, you said self-care. Self-care is super important. Yeah, it's I think very important. It's, it's a, I feel like it's not a, um, you don't just figure it out well, overnight. It's, mm-hmm. it's a constant, it has continuous, to be yeah, it's a continuous yeah. journey and, and search of, like, because, you know, self-care might look different this year than it will next year. Yeah, you know I, I mean? agree. Mm-hmm. I have a text thread with some uh, folks who happen to be younger elected officials, and there's a few of us. And what's funny is that we rarely talk politics. It's usually, like, whatever you know getting our house like finances or yeah. like whatever and like self-care yeah and we give each other tips mm. or like something random happens and we just want to like vent real quick mm. but it's that kind of stuff it's making sure that you have a community around you to be able to kind of like bring you back down a little bit yeah. because it can get wild and mm. like we yeah. were talking uh, before we turned on about like the idea of feeling lonely exactly and like yeah. i felt lonely yeah. for a long time a lot of us felt lonely for a long time because there wasn't that many people of color in office mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
and the fact that we have so many now is being is is heartening but also i think we have a critical mass to actually shift the way we do things as well yeah and what we found is that oftentimes communities that are, that are most burdened by bad policy are then asked to have to solve it right so like <laughs> We weren't empowered. The people in power messed it up. Now they're like, hey, communities of color, can you fix this? Oh, by the way, you get no resources. Mm, and yeah. then do it within six months because we want to show that we can do this before our next election. Mm. <laughs> right? So, like, it's a weird paradigm yeah, that we exist yeah. in where you, you're asked to do, like you said earlier, twice as much. Mm -hmm. Twice yeah. as much. Right? And yeah. that's just, like, normal. That's not normal for other people. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy because you're just, like, there was no resources in the beginning. So that's why it ended up like this in the first place. You yeah. Know? And then... Yeah, I mean, that seems like it'll be kind of frustrating, honestly. It is know? frustrating. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I, I had a conversation with a senator who is new, and she's a person of color in the Senate. And, like, she was like, I don't know if I'm running again because it kind of sucks. And, mm -hmm. like, what she met was a little bit facetious, but, like, is hard. And yeah. especially her being a black woman in the Senate is hard. And I, yeah. and I mm -hmm. get that. And it's because this institution wasn't meant for us, right? And, mm -hmm. like, it's hard to explain it to folks who don't see it. Mm -hmm. Like they're in a dominant culture and it was meant for them so they don't see it. But we're out there like hustling, being questioned all the time, and then being asked to do much more than anybody else. And we get scrutinized for every little thing. Yeah. For every little thing. Mm -hmm. Man, like the number of times where I've seen a politician do something, I'm like, that, if that was a person of color, that guy is like done. Yeah. 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 Like he did yeah. what? Yeah. Like, Nah, that guy's done. Mm -hmm. But nothing, right? Like, I remember I was talking to an elected official that had um, a mask with a logo on it. And, and it was like an Amazon logo. And he was in Seattle. I'm like, does that mean you're supporting Amazon? He's like, no, man. Like, <laughs> I didn't have a mask. <laughs> My roommate, like, had a mask. And I just put it, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we get scrutinized it's for, like, like the wildest I, things. Can yeah, I live? Yeah. Can I just live? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just like, can we, like, can we just exist? Or, yeah. you know, or I got... I got in trouble a little bit because I was wearing like yoga pants on the Senate floor. And yeah. They're like, oh, you're kind of pushing it a little bit. I'm like, I don't think there's any rules. Yeah. To say yeah. I mean, then yeah. they were just trying to do our jobs. Can yeah. I be comfortable? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So not now it's yeah. like a thing and everybody's okay. But it's just like that thing where you get scrutinized more than anybody else. And oftentimes it's from the communities you come from. Mm. And I think that's mm. one of the things I do want to point out is that there's a, a thing called a scarcity mindset, right? Mm -hmm. When you come from a community that has scarce resources, Oftentimes you'll see crab mentality where somebody's rising up, they kind of pull them down. And I don't fault them, actually, because that is true. Like Squid Games kind of is a thing, yeah. right? Like yeah. the Hunger Games kind of is a yeah. thing yeah. In, in the system that we have. And that if somebody gets something, that means you get less because there's a scarcity mindset. Mm -hmm. So for me, a lot of the hate that I get actually is from other people in the Asian community who mm -hmm. are more conservative. Yeah. Because a couple of things, first off, they feel as if... Um, by me getting credit, they don't get credit. But also, they were the ones that told me that I would never amount to much. But mm. when I become a senator, then it's like, wait, I'm the one that failed, not him. Yeah. So that makes them look bad as well. Mm. And I say that very high level, not at a specific yeah. person, yeah, yeah, for but sure. like, yeah, for sure. there is a mindset that we as a community need to break out of as well and stop thinking of ourselves as guests in this in, in, in this state yeah. or mm -hmm. in this city as owners of it as well. We need to take ownership of our space here because yeah. I think that's missing sometimes. No, that's a good point. I remember uh, me and Arif were talking about this in terms of, uh, we call I, I call it like the predisposition kind of disease where people kind of have this predisposed um, trajectory for you without yeah. even knowing what you're capable of yeah. and what you really want for yourself. And then yeah. the second you go and accomplish that, it shatters that predisposition. And so they have to tell themselves they're wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? And people don't like telling themselves they they're wrong. Right. Yeah. So I think a lot of times it's, it's kind of so. like, yeah, it's like a, it's like an individual thing that, that people have to deal with. But 
um what was really good is the, the the representation aspect of it is what is what i'm getting from that yeah. right like people aren't gonna believe it because they don't see it right so that yeah. crab in a barrel mentality kind of comes from that it's like I don't believe that all of us can do this at once. Yeah. So if I get it, I got it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think the more we just keep pushing, that's why our platform is, is kind of built on that. It's like, yo, look, can we just show you that people are doing these things? There's a yeah. lot of people, multiple mm -hmm. people who look like you who are doing these things and you know, you could be one of them. And that's, mm -hmm. and that's more powerful than you even realize, mm -hmm. right? So I didn't realize that there were other progressive Vietnamese people just because our community is generally more conservative. Mm -hmm. There's a random uh, Facebook group called the Asian Hustle Network that has like hundreds of thousands of people. And like, it's all that. these Asians doing crazy cool things. And I'm like, yeah. I didn't realize that was, a, that was an option. <laughs> yeah. You can do, you can like start your own business and like do whatever. And like, yeah. I made a post in there once and it had like 2000 likes and folks just all over. Yeah. But that's how, that's how powerful it is to tell your stories because there are other people out there who are either like you or didn't realize that that was a possibility. Cause mm -hmm. for me, like one of my quotes is that talent is universal, but opportunity is not. Mm. And for me, a lot right. of times, you know, folks from where I grew up didn't get that opportunity. Mm -hmm. But there are definitely talented folks that I grew up with. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the fact that I only know like two or three people from my community that are in tech, I'm like, that's wild because we got like all the tech companies here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's about how do we uplift and amplify the voices of people who are here? How do we enable them to be successful? Mm -hmm. Telling the story is one because you have to believe as well. Yeah. Because there's a lot of forces telling you that you aren't going to be successful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's why it's even more important to push back on that narrative. Yeah. 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 I think, yeah, that, that goes back to the part of like being lonely. It's like, you might be in the same position as somebody and then you, or somebody might've mm -hmm. been in the same position as you were before. And then they see you up here and yeah. they're just like, Oh wow, I could do that. You know? Yeah. So that's like, yeah, it's, it's just powerful to like spread that. You know what I mean? And yeah. Like show people that you, you should know. just know. And you never know who's watching, especially yeah. nowadays with social media. Dude, I had, was watching. I had uh, one of the volunteers on my campaign. Uh, she was a page. So in the in the legislature, there's a page program where, you know, if you're 14 to 16, you could come down and work there. Mm. And I make a point to, like, talk to all the pages whenever I see them. So one of the gals who paged my first year was like, the reason why I'm volunteering your campaign, she's graduating in college now, was like, I didn't know what I wanted to do when I was in high school. I went and paged in the legislature. You sat down and talked to me for 30 seconds. I don't remember but, but she's like, and that changed, that changed my mindset. Mm. Yeah. That somebody that was a senator in Washington State cared about what I thought and thought that I belonged here as well. Mm. And now she's getting involved in politics. Wow. And like, I remember that experience for me too. I remember my band teacher, freshman year of high school, band teacher, freshman year of high school, I was thinking about running for class, class president. And like, I didn't know anybody. It was a new school, all these new kids that knew each other, but I yeah. didn't know them because it was a Catholic school and, yeah. I, and I was new. And I, the one of the things you have to do is you get 100 signatures, and then you also have to have a teacher sign off saying that, yeah, you're going to run for class president. Yeah. So I talked to all these teachers, and I'm like, oh, that's going to be a hard race because, you know, you're new and nobody knows who you are. Mm -hmm. Band teacher, oh, you're going to crush it. You're great. I know you're an awesome person. Mm -hmm. You're a fantastic individual. You deserve to be in leadership. And that was the first time somebody was like, oh, you belong in this space. Yeah. So I signed right up and ran, mm -hmm. right? That was one of the biggest things. Wow. And all like I remember, it just takes one. All it takes is one random Jim Payton, Mr. Payton, like right. Yeah. Like, just you don't forget it either. Yeah. You don't forget. You can't it. forget those. You shout know? out Mr. Payton, man. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. I see him. You went to you went to Kennedy High School. I went to Kennedy High School. Yeah. Okay. Shout out to Mr. Payton if he's still there. You know. He's not there anymore, but I know he's in the area. Shout out to him, man. And and everybody out there who's doing that for other people as well. It's important. It is important because it does take that one spark sometimes. Nah, man. It's it's important. We got to keep building each other up. You know what I mean? And um. 
It's big. A, a question I did want to ask you is um, for for where you're at now and all that you've accomplished, and obviously there's much more um, I'm sure you want to accomplish, uh, what would you tell younger Joe? Like, say, high school, maybe even younger, what would you tell him um, to, to kind of let him know, like, okay, you're doing the right thing, or what would you say to him? Oh, just don't be scared. Mm. I think that's probably the biggest thing. Because I still, I'll be honest with you, even when I got into this race, I had a, a self imposter syndrome mm -hmm. where I didn't know if I belonged in a race like this or mm -hmm. I had that when I was running for the legislature mm -hmm. and I think that self-doubt kind of wears you down a little bit yeah. where you don't pick options that maybe would have been better you just didn't know about it mm -hmm. so I think for me it's just like it's okay to be a little bit arrogant mm -hmm. it's okay to take that step that mm -hmm. you didn't expect that you could take mm -hmm. it, it's okay to like you know put yourself out there because that's how you get ahead and that's how you help people as mm -hmm. well yeah so that's probably the biggest thing is that you know don't worry about what everybody else says. Worry about what you can be doing because mm. nobody's going to stop. I mean, like kind of one of my, my mentality uh, in the legislature and the reason why we've been able to pass so many bills and do all these different things uh, is because is I played poker in college. So I don't know if you guys, you know, play poker, mm. but there's kind of this um, rule in poker where you should always be the aggressor, mm. right? Like if by default be the aggressive person because people inherently will fold. Mm. People inherently, when faced with adversity, will fall mm, so yeah yeah so for me it's always like be the aggressor be the aggressor even if you fail you're gonna probably win most of the time yeah and it worked mm -hmm. in poker and what's funny is it works in the legislature yeah right so like what i said before is that if you do the bare minimum you can get by for at least a decade before anybody notices and what i notice is that when i choose to be aggressive and push certain things it takes effort from them to stop me mm. right and wow. it's like yeah so what's funny is that i did a couple of things and I was like, oh, man, that was bold. I'm probably going to get in trouble. <laughs> and, like, the next year, nobody said anything. Nobody stopped me. Nobody messed with me because they were like, that's yeah. Joe, and he's going to, like, push it through. And, like, <laughs> yeah. and, like it's yeah. going to cause us, like, yeah. some trouble if we try yeah. to stop him as well. But that's the thing is that you have to be bold. Just know that being aggressive is a positive thing. Mm. Like, you can't get something done unless you do it. Mm -hmm. And for us, at least in the Asian community where I came from, there's a lot of fear and self-doubt, just mm. part of our culture. Mm -hmm. And to have to go against that paradigm is uncomfortable. Yeah. But it's also important for us to show that there's in the path forward. My daughter freaking texts with the governor now, right? Like, I want to have <laughs> their experiences be so different than mine. Yeah, mm -hmm. he, uh, Trudy, uh, Inslee, and Jay, they have a bee farm. And they gave us a jar of honey. So she was, yeah. She was like, "Where does honey come from?" I was like, "I don't know. Ask Jay." <laughs> Ask <laughs> like, Jay. Video chatted him. It was dope. Like, I want that. Yeah. I want my kids to have that level of audacity where they could talk to a governor, they could yeah. talk to anybody, and like, it's a fine. Aggression. Well, it's crazy. Rest in peace, Nipsey Hussle. Man, he has yeah. a, he has a, a line in one of his songs called "Aggressive Intelligence," mm -hmm. and I think that's you can't just be aggressive. You got to be intelligent, intelligent and intentional about, about how you do it. So that's true. That's real. I'm glad you touched on that. Um, yeah, man. Well. This is this is this is a powerful episode, yeah, man. You know, um, you got any uh, final questions before we get to the you know our, our main question? Um, we to ask them too. Yeah, where can people find you? Uh, contribute to the campaign? Yeah, yeah, media, yeah. yeah. Man, First you know. off, vote right. November second yeah, yeah. is vote. the deadline. Make mm -hmm. sure you get out and vote. That is the most important thing. You can find us online. Meet Joe Win N G U Y E N mm -hmm. dot com. Mm -hmm. That's all of my handles as well. But the biggest thing that I want to leave with folks is that you are more powerful than you even realize. Mm -hmm. You are more powerful than you even realize. And if you show up to do work, you'd be surprised at how much you can actually get done. Mm. So whether you want to volunteer in the campaign, whether there's an issue that you want to fight for in your community, if you want to talk to a legislator about something, 
show up and do the work and you'd be shocked at how much you can get done because people actually do want to work with you. Yeah, there yeah. are folks out in the community who, when they see a young person of color trying to get involved, they, they will try to help yeah. because yeah. that's how we move things forward. There's yeah. not enough, but that's yeah. how we get more people. Yeah, so got to be proactive. Be proactive and like it's easy to, to kind of fall in that trap that you don't feel as if you belong somewhere, Yeah, but you do. And I get that it is hard, right? Like I worked two jobs, mm-hmm. you know, I was washing dishes, I was working retail, I was mm-hmm. going to school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to get involved sometimes, but if you can, even in a little way, you'd be surprised at how transformational yeah. that can be. No, for sure. Yeah. That's real, man. I'm, I'm, I'm actually glad you brought that up because I feel like that's half the battle. Mm-hmm. And then I hear people say, oh, man, I got lucky because I went to whatever they went to and i'm like you really didn't get lucky you, you went. actually went yeah and then you got that opportunity you know so i'm, yeah. I'm just glad you brought that up yeah, yeah. no i'm, well, I'm I a mean, believer in that because i was like what if i didn't run yeah like i don't know that wasn't like a sure thing yeah, yeah. Right? like yeah. i yeah. had no idea i was like i probably can win the state senate i mean i know a lot of people here mm-hmm. but like it wasn't like i was gonna run yeah mm-hmm. so you don't know until you try you right? don't know until you exactly. try you don't know until you try exactly you don't know you i mean like know. i'll be honest and there there's there are definitely folks out there who the society allows them to just do things because of their demographic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just talking just there's a runway. There's a runway for yeah. them that's not one for us and like mm-hmm. we won't be able to get ahead unless we try. Yeah. I love that. Exactly. Man. I love that man. I'm inspired, mm-hmm. man. I hope anybody who's listening or watching, if you're not inspired, go ahead and run it back. <laughs> watch it again. Yeah, watch <laughs> Pay it attention. Yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah, man, I am glad you touched on that. And make sure, yes, like like you did say, everybody get out there and vote. Make sure you vote, man. Make yeah. sure you exercise that right. Um, now we always ask our guests this question before we let you guys go. Um, so if you can, my brother, what's one word to describe what keeps you on the up and up and why? Keeps me on the up and up. Like keeps you going, keeps me going. Yeah. Oh, and why? I think it's the future, Mm. right? Like whether it's our kids, whether it's our society, I believe that we can build a better future. Like I firmly believe that, right? Like if we just change some things, if we had, a legal system that invested in our kids versus incarcerated incarcerating mm. them. If mm-hmm. we had investments in like basic needs programs to keep people stable, I'm very optimistic and hopeful for what we can accomplish in King County because we do have the opportunity to build a brighter future for all of us, mm-hmm. but it takes action. Mm. So the future is why I'm on the up and up because I believe that we have an opportunity to do some great things. Yes, sir, man. There you have it, the future. There you have I, I think it, that's man. the first time we got future yeah. as, the, as yeah. the one word, too. There you <laughs> yeah. go, man. There you go. <laughs> Let's go, man. Let's go. Um, well, with that said, man, Joe, again, we appreciate you coming through and, and, and spending some time with us. And um, I know you're a very busy guy. So No, thank um, you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, man, definitely. And with that being said, I think it's safe to say Joe Wynn and his whole team are officially members of the up and up. Can we get a round of Yo, what up? It's Rubino. And this is DJ Earn. We hope you enjoyed that episode and that now you have a better understanding of what it means to live life on the up and up. To continue supporting the podcast and the entire up and up movement, be sure to rate, review, like, and subscribe. As well as follow us at underscore the up and up on all social media platforms to stay connected with everything the up and up has coming your way. Thanks for listening. And until the next one, keep it on the up and up. <laughs>